You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. This is Mike, and we're just reading the Bible here, uh, hopefully as conversationally, hopefully in a new and refreshing way for you. And the Bible really is a conversation. It's a it's a conversation between uh, us and God, and uh, it tends to be so stale. It tends to be so rote for people. But I think we just need to experience it in a new way and recognize that these are real people here. You know, <laughs> real people living real uh, real life with real issues. And uh, we get to see a glimpse of it. Sometimes it's good examples. Sometimes it's not good examples. Uh, but we see the the common thread of God never being thrown off from his plan to bring people who are far away from him back to him. And uh, right now we are in the book of Luke. Luke is a biography of Jesus. And Luke's focus has been on Jesus being the son of man. That's the title that he keeps using, the Son of Man, to reference Jesus. Uh, yes, he Jesus is the Son of God, uh, but he's also the Son of Man. He's 100% God, 100% human, which is <laughs> just confusing, right? <laughs> like, we don't uh, really know anything or anyone like that, and it's kind of hard to understand what exactly that means, but he's not half God, half man. He's not a demigod. He's, he's fully God. But because Jesus is how God came to earth to be able to be a human and have our experiences and to be a human sacrifice for the whole human race, we have Jesus who also fully understands us as humans. And it makes him a little bit more relatable. It's so it's okay if you're like, God, he just seems like this kind of amorphous sort of, I don't know, force or like it's kind of hard to put your finger on god like that yeah that's probably true he's too he's too big and the holy spirit it's like that's kind of kind of that's really confusing for a lot of people like what what is what is the holy spirit who is the holy spirit what does that mean who like it, it can be confusing and again i think that's just intentional kind of how it's supposed to be and so jesus really is the that one of the Trinity who is like, wait, okay, I get, I get being human. <laughs> All right. So let's not take away the humanity of Jesus here. That's a very important part of who he, he was and is. And uh, Luke does not want us to forget that Jesus is the son of man also. And so we see a lot of humanity in Jesus, the way Luke tells the story. Jesus's ministry here uh, is, as we're reading it in Luke six through eight today, is in, it's in full swing now. Right, he's going. He's gathering large crowds of people. He's teaching them, but he's not getting swept up in the hustle of full time ministry. Okay, he sets his own pace, and that allows him to have some fascinating one on one interactions with people. So let's see those play out here as we read Luke chapters six through eight. 
Now, on the second Sabbath after the first, he was going through the grain fields. His disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said to them, Why do you do that which is not lawful to do on a Sabbath day? Jesus answered them, Haven't you read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered into God's house and took and ate the showbread and gave also to those who were with him, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests alone. He said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. (laughs) Well, it also happened on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. There was a man there and his right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, Rise up and stand in the middle. He rose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I'll ask you something. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? He looked around at them all and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did, and his hand was restored as sound as the other. But they were filled with rage and talked to one another about what they might do to Jesus. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples. And from them, he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were troubled by unclean spirits, and they were being healed. All the multitude sought to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them all. He lifted up his eyes to his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, God's kingdom is yours. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you'll be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you'll laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude and mock you, and throw out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for your reward is great in heaven. For their fathers did the same thing to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you, you who are full now, for you'll be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe when men speak well of you, for their fathers did the same thing to the false prophets. But I tell you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer also the other. And from him who takes away your cloak, don't withhold your coat also. Give to everyone who asks you and don't ask him who takes away your goods to give them back again. As you would like people to do to you, 
do exactly so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those that love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lent to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and receive back as much. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing back. And your reward will be great. And you'll be children of the Most High, for he is kind toward the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, even as your Father is also merciful. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Set free, and you will also be set free. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be given to you. For with the same measure you measure, it will be measured back to you. He spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck of chaff that's in your brother's eye, but don't consider the beam that's in your own eye? Or how can you tell your brother, brother, let me remove the speck of chaff that's in your eye, when you yourself don't see the beam that is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, remove the beam from your own eye, then you can see clearly to remove the speck of chaff that's in your brother's eye. For there's no good tree that produces rotten fruit nor again a rotten tree that produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For people don't gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings out that which is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure in his heart, brings out that which is evil, For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug and went deep and laid a foundation on the rock. When a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it was founded on the rock. But he who hears and doesn't do is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream broke and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. After he had finished speaking in the hearing of the people, he entered into Capernaum. A certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and at the point of death. When he heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews asking him to come and save his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying, He he is worthy for you to do this for him, for he he loves our nation and, and he built our synagogue for us. Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying, 
Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having under myself soldiers. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Well, when Jesus heard these things... He marveled at him and turned and said to the multitude who followed him, I tell you, I have not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. Those who were sent returning to the house found that the servant who had been sick was well. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain. Many of his disciples, along with a great multitude, went with him. Now, when he came near to the gate of the city, one who was dead was carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Many people of the city were with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Don't cry. He came near and touched the coffin, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I tell you, arise. He, who was dead, sat up and began to speak, and he gave him to his mother. Fear took hold of all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. This report went out concerning him in the whole of Judea and in all the surrounding region. The disciples of John told him about all these things. John, calling to himself two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are are you the one who's coming, or should we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the baptizer has sent us to you, saying, Are you he who comes, or should we look for another? In that hour, he cured many of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and to many who were blind, he gave sight. So Jesus answered them, Go and tell John the things which you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is he who finds no occasion for stumbling in me. When John's messenger said departed, he began to tell the multitudes about John. What'd you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft clothing? (laughs) Those who are gorgeously dressed and live delicately are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? (laughs) Yes, I tell you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it's written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. For I tell you, among those who are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the baptizer. Yet, he who is least in God's kingdom is greater than he. When all the people and the tax collectors heard this, they declared God to be just, having been baptized with John's baptism. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God, not being baptized by him themselves. To what then should I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They're like children who sit in the marketplace and call to one another, saying, We piped to you, and you didn't dance. We mourned, and you didn't weep. For John the baptizer came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, Oh, he's a demon. 
the Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, oh, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. (laughs) Wisdom is justified by all her children. One of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered into the Pharisee's house and sat at the table. A woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that he was reclining in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. Standing behind at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with the hair of her head, kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would have perceived who and what kind of woman this is who touches him, that she's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. He said, Teacher, say on. A certain lender had two debtors. The one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they couldn't pay, he forgave them both. Which of them, therefore, will love him most? Simon answered, he, I suppose, to whom he forgave the most. He said to him, you've judged correctly. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered into your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she's anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But one to whom little is forgiven loves little. He said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this that even forgives sins? He said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Soon afterwards, he went about through cities and villages, preaching and bringing the good news of God's kingdom. With him were the twelve, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusas, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who served them from their possessions. When a great multitude came together and people from every city were coming to him, he spoke by a parable. The farmer went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock, and as soon as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Other fell into the good ground and grew and produced one hundred times as much. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then the disciples asked him, What does this parable mean? He said, To you it's given to know the mysteries of God's kingdom, but to the rest in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those along the road 
are those who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are they who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but these have no root, who believe for a while and then fall away in time of temptation. That which fell among the thorns, these are those who have heard, and they go on their way as they are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Those in the good ground, these are those who, with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, hold it tightly and produce fruit with perseverance. No one, when he's lit a lamp, covers it with a container or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand that those who enter in may see the light. For nothing's hidden that will not be revealed, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Be careful, therefore, how you hear. For whoever has, to him will be given, and whoever doesn't have, from him will be taken away even that which he thinks he has. His mother and brothers came to him, and they could not come near to him for the crowd. Some people told him, Your mother and your brothers stand outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Now on one of those days, he entered into a boat, himself and his disciples, and he said to them, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. A windstorm came down on the lake, and they were taking on dangerous amounts of water. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we're dying! He awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and it was calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? Being afraid, they marveled, saying to one another, Who is this then that... That he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Then they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, a certain man came out of the city who had demons for a long time, met him. He wore no clothes and didn't live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before them when with a loud voice said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus? You son of the most high God, I beg you, don't torment me. For Jesus was commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For the unclean spirit had often seized the man. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and fetters. Breaking the bonds apart, he was driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus asked him, What's your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered into him. They begged him that he would not command them to go to the abyss. Now, there was there a herd of many pigs feeding on the mountain, and they begged him that he would allow them to enter into those. Then he allowed them. The demons came out of the man and entered into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. People went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. 
Those who saw it told them how he who had been possessed by demons was healed. All of the people of the surrounding country of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were very much afraid. Then he entered into the boat and returned. But the man from whom the demons had gone out begged him that he might go with them. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your house and declare what great things God has done for you. He went his way, proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. When Jesus returned, the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. A man named Jairus came. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come into his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes pressed against him. A woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her living on physicians and could not be healed by any, came behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately the flow of her blood stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes press and jostle you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, someone did touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came, trembling and falling down before him, declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and and how she was healed immediately. He said to her daughter, cheer up, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he still spoke, one from the ruler of the synagogue's house came, saying to him, your, your daughter is dead. Don't, don't trouble the teacher. But Jesus, hearing it, answered him, Don't be afraid. Only believe, and she will be healed. When he came to the house, he didn't allow anyone to enter in except Peter, John, and James, the father of the child, and her mother. All were weeping and mourning her, but he said, don't weep. She isn't dead, but sleeping. Well, they were ridiculing him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, and taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. Her spirit returned, and she rose up immediately. He commanded that something be given to her to eat. Her parents were amazed, but he commanded them to tell no one what had been done. Though Jesus did spend time teaching to multitudes, as we saw at the beginning of these chapters, he spent extra time and attention on individuals. Individual faith compelled Jesus to pause, be present, and interact with so many on a personal level. The centurion, the woman with the jar, the demon-possessed man on the other side of the lake, Jairus, the bleeding woman, Jesus was never too busy for them as individuals. Do you have the boldness to approach Jesus with your personal needs? Or are you content to stand at a distance and listen along with everyone else? That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.